0: This is the 343 Podcast. I'm your host, John Pronich. Welcome to the show. Kyle Smith at Coach Kyle15 on Twitter is a former professional player with the Seattle Sounders. He is a current youth soccer coach in San Diego. And he is also a full-time husband and father. On top of all that, he is also a full-time firefighter. uh, Fire captain, actually, which we'll hear him talk about. Kyle grew up in San Jose and stayed in the Bay Area until he finished playing college soccer at Santa Clara. From there, he navigated the American soccer system and wound up with a short career as a pro before finding new ways to stay involved with the game. Kyle and I met while, while we were taking the USSFC course in Orange County in 2018. We both held pretty strong opinions about the course, and we decided to continue to exchange thoughts and ideas between course meetings and even after the course wrapped up. And I will admit that it took some convincing, but I was able to get Kyle to agree to come on the show and do an interview, and I think that you will be happy that I did. Uh, Some of the topics that we touched on were how his background as a player has helped him as a coach, being an unofficial captain and eventually a full-time captain in the fire department, uh, and then what stood out to him about his daughter's coach and why he decided to move her to that team. Interesting story there. You are also going to hear Kyle talk about how he initially found 343 and why he decided to take a serious look at it. This was a super fun conversation with Kyle. Uh, He's a bright guy, he's a witty guy, and he still has a lot to offer the sport. His knowledge of the game and continued eagerness to learn are just a couple of Kyle's good qualities. But before getting into this episode with Kyle, which I'm very, very eager to share with you as well, uh, I want to share a message that a coach recently sent me. He said, and I quote, Keep up the good work, big man. I've continued to listen when I can, and I am getting a premium membership this week for two reasons, in no particular order, to support the pod and to continue learning as I add a U13 team to the docket this fall, end quote. If you would like to learn more about the 343 Coaching Education Program that helps to support and fund this podcast and can also help you become a better coach no matter what level team you have, you can find more information about 343 by visiting 343coaching.com. And if you are not ready for the premium course yet, no problem. There is a free course available that will help you understand what we do, why we do it, and how we do it. And whenever you are ready, the premium course is a much deeper dive into the 343 possession-based methodology that uses eBooks, videos, audio interviews, question and answer sessions, and member forums to help teach you the things that actually matter. Again, if you would like to learn more, you can find all of it at 343coaching.com. That's the numbers three, four, and three, coaching, all spelled out.com. Okay. I hope that you enjoy this episode of the 343 podcast with Kyle Smith.
1: Hello. Yo. John. What's up? <laughs> How are you, buddy?
0: Good, man. How are you?
1: Good. Real good.
0: I'm going to turn your volume up real quick. Hey, do, do me a favor and just, uh, this will be the sound check. Describe where you're at right now.
1: Uh, I am sitting in front of a fire station in San Diego, California.
0: Awesome. All right. do, you, do you get your smog checks at the fire station?
1: <laughs> no, God. Wouldn't that be nice? It <laughs> would be
0: nice. Perks of the job, uh, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I wish.
0: All right, dude. Well, I'm excited to finally to finally get on a phone call with you and record this. It's been yeah, me few, too. It's been a few months in the making. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's see. I don't even know all about your past. I was actually reserving asking some questions when we were in person uh, last time because I, I kind of wanted to save some of the stuff for wow. the podcast that we would eventually record, which we're doing now. Um, sure. So maybe if we could start with a little bit about your background and who you are, you kind of, uh, you just dropped a hint that you're at a fire station. I know you're a firefighter, um, Yeah. but this is a, a development that happened later in life because you spent a lot of time doing some other stuff. So, um, tell, tell me a little bit about, about, you know, your experiences with soccer and, and I'll kind of pick you apart from there.
1: Sure. Um, And first of all, let me just say, thanks for having me on, man. uh, (laughs) I've been a big fan of of what you guys have been doing for a long time. Um, my story, I guess, started in San Jose, California. Um, I grew up there in the eighties as one of the few kids in my neighborhood in downtown San Jose, um, playing soccer. So as a, as an eight year old, I took the city bus across town and, uh, Started playing soccer with uh, the kids out there. My first team was the uh, Cosmos and fell in love there and kind of never stopped. So, you know, fast forward a bunch of years, I wound up um, getting into the select soccer thing and club soccer and all that and uh, wound up playing ODP in high school where uh, I met my future college coach, Mitch Murray and Cam Rass at uh santa clara university which where i played and got my degree from Uh, after college uh, i went and played in seattle for the sounders for four years um and once it was time to kind of hang up my boots uh professionally i moved down here to san diego to um really get into coaching i started coaching here at san diego state for a few years as i started um also pursuing a career in the fire service. So coaching at state during the day, taking an EMT class at night, um, which eventually led to paramedic school. And then finally uh, a job with the San Diego fire department. Um, As we're talking today, July 31st, I got promoted to fire captain uh, the day before. Yeah. Yeah. The day before yesterday. So, it's been a it's been a whirlwind year and a half process trying to get promoted all the way to captain. Um, one that's that's taken a lot out of me and the family, of course, but um, it's been really rewarding. And that's, um, cra- that, that's crazy yeah. for
0: me to, to to think that you know you're you're kind of living like this dual life as, a, as yeah. a firefighter and a soccer coach, and then also a dad and an ex pro. Yeah. And you yeah. take off. You, you you had the experience of taking off time uh, what it was like eight or nine days when, when, when we first met, we were, we met in the USSFC course and yeah so it's like you disappear for nine days and then two months later you, uh, you get promoted to captain.
1: <laughs> I know it, it probably, it probably definitely looks like that from the outset. A lot of times it feels that way. Um, I'm sure my wife and kids feel that way too, that I, um, lead this sort of dual life. Um, one of the major benefits of the fire department, and the fire service in general is our flexibility with our schedule. So being able to be there with you guys um, at the C course took a lot of uh, maneuvering and and trading shifts and taking time off to be there, but it was something that was important to me. Um, So I went ahead and did it and uh, fortunately was able to, Um, but it is hard. It is hard, but you know, it's like we talked about at the class, man, You, you just have this passion. You have this, burning desire to do something important in the game and and if it means you got to shift around your schedule then um that's what it's going to take you know tell me
0: a little bit about your your experience maybe let, let's try to th- focus on maybe college and then your time with the sounders and i, I want to sure. relate this back to your promotion now to captain and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm curious if you were kind of old were you always a leader or always like a, you know, somebody that the, the other team mates followed or you were kind of maybe yeah, the captain was, of the team?
1: I was, I was so glad you asked that question, man. That is hilarious. So, um, kind of a funny story in college. Um, I was, I, <laughs> I was an unofficial captain. So, uh, we had a, a captain of the team and then I was, uh, sort of another guy that, that helped, you know, lead, lead the team in warmups and in team functions and on the field and and all that. But the guys used to give me so much uh, stick for not being the official captain, but trying to, you know, get in there and lead and all that stuff. So now finally being promoted to captain on the fire department, I finally have the official title of captain, you know? And so (laughs) all my buddies from college are just giving me a a hard time about it. So it's, it's kind of funny, but, you know, I think, when you're talking about leadership in general, you know, we talk a lot about that in the fire service, you know, it's a main thing, a major portion of that is communicating and how you get the people that are working for you or playing for you um, or your employer uh, employees underneath you, I should say. So to get them to do what you want, you have to communicate and, and effective communication is a, is a great way to lead people and, you know, I, I was thinking about this yet this the other day in, in trying to help my players understand what we're trying to accomplish is, is hard enough. But then trying to get their parents to understand it as well is something totally different. And the language that you use to talk to each of them is very different. That's something that I picked up in the C class, something I thought was really important that it, it's not only the the message that you're trying to convey. It's the way you're conveying it, um, that really it, it uh, struck a chord and something that I've been trying to focus on more uh, since being in the class. It's something that, you know, talk about the dichotomy of, of the way I am living my life being a firefighter and a, a soccer coach. Now the, um, the importance of communicating is, is super uh, it's right at the surface in, in the fire department. And as a paramedic as well, you know, when I'm going in, Treating a, a let's say a little kid that's cut his head open or something, I'm going to talk to that kid very differently than than I'm going to go talk to an adult that's done the same thing. And the same applies in coaching. You know, I'm trying to teach my kids how to build out of the back, and so we go through all the all the drills, and we can talk more about that later. But um, the way I'm explaining it to to them is different than the way I explain it to the parents, and giving the parents the why behind why we're doing this. Is crucial because to to these parents um, who may not have grown up in the game, them watching their son lose the ball in front of our own goal seems very strange. It seems ridiculous to a lot of them, but effective communication kind of um, alleviates a lot of that. And and you know that's kind of the way I lead um, lead that team. You know, I don't know if that makes sense or not, but that's kind of what was on my mind. Uh, it, does, that.
0: it does make sense and what what comes to my mind is I guess two things come to my mind one the first the first thing that you really need to have as a coach or as a as a captain of a fire department or a teacher in a classroom or you know whatever whatever subject you you choose to relate this to is is, is some type of of an idea of how you want to do things and an understanding of those things. So, you know, if you want to teach building out of the back, okay, well, you need to have some type of you know mastery or or knowledge of that of that topic. And then mm-hmm. when you teach that, depending on you know who you teach it to, whether you're talking about ten year olds or fifteen year olds or professionals or whatever, the the cool part about it is the way that you deliver it, or like your. Mm-hmm. I think we we commonly refer to it as like the flow, like your flow as a coach. Yeah, so If you have a exactly. if you have a general understanding if you have, you know, mastery of the topic, well, then it's up to, you know, how you're going to actually deliver or, you know, execute on that, on that topic. And it's something I actually just, I was rereading an older 343 article either yesterday or the day before, I can't remember, but you know, that's something that came across my eyes, let's see, probably four years ago, five years ago. And and it it really changed, it, it really changed my perspective on, you know, the, the, my, my coaching development
1: for sure is that I, I think i know the one you're talking about is that the one that that references the book mastery
0: uh, may, maybe
1: maybe maybe uh, i'm not sure i'm not it, sure i know i came across the book mastery through one of the one of the posts but i don't i might have been something on twitter too from gary but nevertheless that that speaks right to the heart of what you're getting at you know that flow is is super important and if you when you when you get that you leave a session that has great flow or even just a, a meeting with the parents or whatever um and you you've had that it just feels so good you know and you know you know when you have it
0: yeah absolutely and it, it's funny too because you know
1: how i forget where it was it might have
0: been in the podcast I released today actually i released one this morning but i i, I talked a little bit about my experience as a, as a young coach when I was like 20 or 21 and I had no flow. I had no, I had my execution was absolutely terrible because in large part, because, I didn't have a, a good understanding of the topics that I was trying to teach. And so I was like, trying sure. to, I, I was trying to make it up as I, as I went along and yeah. you get exposed by your players uh. when they ask like the most simple questions <laughs> and you're yeah. like sitting there as a coach, like, uh, I, ah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, exactly. Or, or like you're, you're at the field and you kind of see another coach running a session or a drill or something you're like, oh, that looks pretty good. Maybe I'll try that. Well, what you don't realize is that coach has been running that drill for years And so what, what it looks like to you might seem very basic, something that you could implement in your session. It, when you get down to the fine details, the minutia that this coach has mastered, that's where the real value in the drill is. And I, and I always think of it in terms of just the little rondos, you know, the little four V one or four V zeros, like literally anybody could go out there, put a ball in between a bunch of kids and, and tell them, Hey, we're playing piggy in the middle. We're playing, we're playing keep away they're not going to get that much value out of it. I think it's until you really get that mastery and, and really get into the finer details of, of playing the back foot or arriving into the space or, or any of the small de- little details that, that you really start to get some value out of it. You know.
0: I think this would be a good time to, to kind of add in the other piece to your story is that you're, you're an ex-pro, you're a coach, mm-hmm. and you're also a soccer dad. Yeah. So what you just mentioned right now of watching the other coaches do it, it, it reminds me of the, of the story that you told me when we were talking in the parking lot after like day one or day two of the C course where you were watching, I believe your daughter's coach, Ryan, um, yeah. run uh, an exercise. And you're like, wow, like, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Talk, yeah, talk, a, was, l- talk a little bit about that.
1: It was awesome, man. It what, I, I So Ryan Marquez is a is a guy down here who – um, is very well respected for the way his teams play. They play possession based soccer. It's it's beautiful to watch. He coaches mostly on the girl side, um, and he does just a fantastic job. We've always kind of been kept keeping an eye on him, and I coach at a different club. So moving my daughter onto his team it was a sensitive subject. It was a sensitive topic, but it was something that we knew was too valuable to pass up. But it wasn't until I saw him run the session until I. I understood what was going on. And, and part of what it was, man, is I heard him, you know, talking about communicating again. I heard the way he was communicating to these kids. It's just the fine details. You could tell immediately he knew not only how to, you know, I'll, I'll use building out of the back again. He knew not only how to how to position the players and get them to shift and shrink when the ball, when we lose possession, but it's the way he's telling them. And it, and you know what was interesting um, it was some of the vernacular he was using that was straight out of your guys's course that I was like, wait a second. That's what it is. Ryan is a three, four, three, uh, student. I, it was a, it was like mind boggling. I go, I, I kind of looked at him and I go, that's it. That's what it is. That's why this looks so familiar to me. That's why I, I, I can see what he's doing um and why i was so uh immediately attracted to it and it's funny because he and i kind of had a little conversation about i think he was saying something something that i could i i like it was a trip i like heard brian saying it through his voice or something he, he was telling <laughs> he was telling his center backs to backpedal backpedal when the six had the ball and i was like wait a second that's not a coincidence and then i see him do the s pattern i go that's not a coincidence. And so I talked <laughs> to I talked to him about it after practice and I kind of looked at him he kind of looked at me and we it was like a secret little handshake. You know, I felt like we were the freemasons or something, you know. It was, <laughs> it was just it was so awesome and and it, it was really at that point man when I was like, okay, but yeah, she's in the right spot. I can I can let her go and uh it's been great. It's just been awesome.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm curious about the uh, well, wh- when did when did you first find three four three and and had you had you noticed or had you known anything about that before you you met Ryan like or or was that like a legit like first time experience that uh, when you when you go when you went to go watch him code for the that that first time I guess.
1: So um, I was trying to I was trying to remember when I came across three four three and I'm I'm pretty sure it was either 2009 or 2010. It was it was a video. Um, that one of my parents told me about he told me about this team out of LA that that played just such a beautiful brand because he knew he knew that's what I was trying to accomplish with my daughter's team back then and um, so he directed me to this YouTube video and it's probably the one that everybody's seen now um, and I think at that point I started following Gary and um, signed up for the free course or something. It's something like that drunk so it's like uh 2009 2010 in that in that uh range somewhere like that yeah um but i didn't i didn't realize ryan had been involved until you know she's i don't know six months ago or something <laughs> I'd,
0: but, I'd have uh, to go back in yeah. i'd have to go back and look and, and see if there are any of the videos uh, and i don't think that there are i think we use mo- mostly the seattle and mostly the santa maria clinics on the on the membership program, but, but yeah. we also have footage from doing one with Ryan back in the day. Like, yeah, like oh, 2010, 2011. Yeah, there's there's oh, some I, stuff with, with Rebels. I have to get
1: it. I have, oh, then I have to have it. I have to have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but the, the video I was talking about was, um, I think it was the one with Ben Letterman. Um, and it might've said something like the next Iniesta or I don't know, something like that. And it was on some rundown field up in LA and, and the, it was when they were still. I think I have this right. They're still with Barcelona, or TFA, maybe it was. I don't know. Um, and they're just running, running through this team and knocking around them like no other youth team I'd ever seen, especially not here. Um, and I was, I was like, okay, what, what is this? How are they doing that? Who are these guys? Uh, and went from there.
0: I want to go back to something that you that you said a second ago, and you said that the parent shared it with you knowing that this was the style that you you mm. wanted to be playing but mm. it, that kind of leads me to believe that you weren't playing that style so what were the hangups at that time or or what were the what were, what were the things that you know weren't clicking that maybe do now for you as a coach
1: yeah that's a great question um i I had a vision of what I wanted it to look like I didn't have I didn't necessarily have a great framework and so you know, it, we, I guess we're talking more about the mastery a little bit. You know, while I I know the game, I study the game, I've been involved in it forever. I didn't necessarily know how to communicate that, not only to the kids but also to to get the parents on board to help them understand. Hey, look, yes, we gave up a goal because you know our our you know whatever our six gave away the ball right in the middle of our eighteen, but the long term goal here is this so I didn't I didn't know how to communicate it well enough and and to be honest I still don't I'm still working on it this is a uh, something that I'm always trying to improve on and and get better at but I think back in those days it was more I struggled um with each phase so I I felt like I was decent at building out of the back I felt like I was decent at, at um developing patterns for the kids to go to goal. It was kind of the, the, the phase in through midfield where we needed to pivot and switch the point of attack that we struggled in. And I didn't know then how to do that, how to make that um, happen in trainings and, and repeat it and rehearse it so that in the games, the kids just naturally knew how to do it without me shouting directions and joysticking every play. Um, and like I said, it, it doesn't, even today, here we are, you know, eight years later or whatever, it still doesn't work all the time. I'm still tweaking things, trying to improve. Um, but that's that's kind of the backstory on that. Um, I've always been a, a huge proponent of possession-based soccer. And I've you know, always been trying to, to get better at it. And so I think that's probably why, it was brought to my attention, and and that team specifically, um, because that parent had an older son who played against that team, uh. and 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 they got demolished. And he said, "Hey, you,", <laughs> you he said, "You have to see this," and uh, and that was kind of it.
0: That's funny. That's not the first time I've heard that from people too. like, Hey, like, you know, I discovered Brian's work by my son's team getting absolutely smashed by Brian's team.
1: Yeah. And, (laughs) and you know, what's funny, man. And and is more humbling is you can, you can take a heavy defeat from a team that, that let's say has a a big, strong kid in the back and a really fast kid up front. And they go from back to front over the top of you. and, And you just don't have the athletes to compete. What's humbling about the way these guys play is is they just pass it around you, and it doesn't matter what you try to do. They pass it around you, and if they lose it, they get it right back. And that was that's what what really stood out. It wasn't that they just killed the other team. Um, you could go to any field any day of the week and watch one team beat up on the other. What was impressive was it's not like they were just like outrunning the other team or running, uh, you know, through the other team. They're passing it around them. And these are young kids, and uh, it was then I just thought, you know what? What excuse does anybody else have? What <laughs> excuse do we have for not trying our best to do this? You know,
0: it's interesting to get your perspective, and I think I shared this with you in, in a text message too. Is you know, being an ex-player, an ex-professional player, uh, a current coach, and uh, and a current soccer dad. You know th- those are those are three experiences that a lot of people can can relate to, uh, or sorry, those are two experiences that a lot of people can relate to. Uh, the third one, the the the, the X Pro, is not an experience that that a lot of people have the have the fortune to to be part of. And mm-hmm. so I'm I'm curious how you've used that as a tool uh, in maybe your coaching toolbox. Yeah. Like like what what experiences do you commonly? look back on or, or information that you kind of gather along your, your playing journey, what, what's helping you the yeah. most now?
1: You know, what's what helps the most. And that's a great question, John. What helps the most man is my ego. Isn't attached to winning and losing as much as I see it in other players and other coaches. I know that. And, and, and this is attached to me being a parent of, of uh, one of the kids on the team. Um, I've, I've run my race. I've played the game at a high level um, I know now my my turn is over as far as that goes my job now is to to help these kids first of all fall in love with the game and secondly teach them the game the way I think the game should be played you know I grew up as an American kid playing a game and 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 being devastated in 98 watching how we performed and I remember we I think we either lost or we tied, Iran, and I, I didn't know what else to do. So I just went for a long run and was just crushed. And so it's, it's, that's, a, that's a thing that really sticks out in my mind that like w- we have to do better. You know, we've been, we've been going down the same path in youth development forever and we have to do a better job because it, it really hasn't gotten us anywhere. Um, and then you, you look at, at what's just happened in this last World Cup cycle and it and it just it slams home the point that we are on the wrong track and we have to do something different. And so I, I think those those couple things there really drive my approach. Um, I I understand that this is a long term approach to developing kids in this game. The You know, wins and losses at this age aren't necessarily that important. Now, I don't have the freedom to just say, hey, I don't care if we win or lose ever. Uh, We are going to play out of the back. You know, I don't I don't think anybody really has that luxury, save for maybe Barcelona. And I think I read Gary's perspective on that somewhere. Winning is important. And that's not what I'm trying to say. It's not um, what I'm saying is there are other things that are more important and and I will not sacrifice um, kicking the ball from the center back to the center forward trying to get a result. I just won't do that. And and I think part of that is because, like I said, I play the game at a reasonable level and know that that's not the way forward.
0: There's a couple interesting perspectives when, when it comes to winning and and I think we might have even talked about it in the C course or I might have talked about it with Ian on, on the side, but how, mm. how like winning has basically, Oh no, you know where I talked about it? I, I talked about it with uh, Ian Barker. Um, mm. and, uh, win, winning has almost like become a non-existent word when it comes to like coaching courses and, and things like that. They've replaced it with, you know, fancy word of the week, whatever insert word there. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, so winning is kind of like a coach's currency. For you know, improving or, or making the next level or recruiting sure. the, the, the next player, right? So if Absolutely. you're not winning, you don't have you don't have that currency to con- continue doing the work that you want to be doing. And so if Absolutely. you're if, you, if you're continually losing while trying to play building out of the back or you know trying to play like a certain style or a certain formation, well then you know you don't have any you you don't have any money in the bank to yeah. to you know to back up what you're trying to do. Yeah. So you need to win number one. Yep. And and then I talked with Romeo Jozak recently, the guy who's the former Croatian technical director, and yep. I, I think I yep. asked him just point blank like when does winning matter to you? And 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 he I I thought he did a really good job of answering the question, and he kind of put a timeline on it, which was puberty. So before mm-hmm. puberty, the kids don't really have like the the hormones or the mental um, like the like the structure to uh, to deal with like the pressures. Of, you know, winning and losing week in, week out. But once they hit like that puberty age, well, then you can start to, you know, tweak the the demands a little bit different. So, but that, but that starts to change, right? So, or or that, that changes with all the, all the kids. So 12, 13, 14. So you have a kind of a mix of kids or a a mix of of stages within one team. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a difficult, interesting, uh, convoluted. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Problem and I and I don't know I don't know if it's there's a art, right or right? wrong it's answer. A,
1: no, I I don't think there is. It's an art. It's not a science, and um, we're all trying to improve.
0: Yeah, it's it, and it's interesting you mentioned science because I know there with you know these initiatives now coming out with like bio banding. I haven't looked into that crap at all. Yeah, um, I mean, it, I, I just don't think that it's right now. I don't think it's worth anybody's time to be investing a whole lot of energy into it. You know, right. when it when it comes to my level as a coach or your level as a coach you know maybe some people that are above us can you know figure it out a little bit more and then pass right. on the information when it's ready but i think right now we're so far removed from that being something that as coaches we need to be like super worried about
1: for sure um, it, it's a pri- it's on the list it's just down the list of, of priorities
0: absolutely yeah. um but yeah it's just i i i wish that i had a better answer for you know why winning is important and when it becomes important and and things like that it's important I just, I, it's important. I, wished, I, I wish I could explain it better. I'm not I know, to explain same.
1: It. Yeah, same here. No, but I, I like the fact that it is um, currency, it, and it, and it, you know, because at the end of the day, this is a competition. You know, we play sports to compete, and and, you know, you can get into the weeds about talking about taking different metrics and measuring success differently than just wins and losses, um, but end of the day it's important to win the the kids understand it the the parents especially ones that didn't grow up in the game that that might be the only tangible thing that they can understand and so you can't you can't just dismiss it um as being a non-factor um at some point you have to you have to get some results and at, at a minimum to satisfy the boss you know the boss might might uh, require you to to win a certain number of league games or or you know make the finals of a certain number of tournaments or whatever the case may be. Um, so it, it is something that you have to you have to address. but um, for me, it's not I, I'm not gonna sacrifice the path that we're on um, solely to get results. And I guess I because I have a, another full-time career, and I'm not dependent on on coaching to, you know, to pay the bills. I have a little bit of a luxury that that I think that a lot of youth coaches maybe don't. Um, that being said, I also work for a big club in a in a soccer hotbed and understand that that uh, results are important too.
0: Talk to me about how you engage with parents and when you realized that that was an important part of the process?
1: Uh, that's a great question, man. And, and I'm naturally a shyer person. And so, you know, the face-to-face communication isn't, the, isn't always that comfortable for me in any environment, um, let alone having a difficult conversation with a parent. So, so t- typically I would prefer to, uh, communicate via email, but what I learned uh, through coaching over the years and also through leadership uh, things through the fire service is you, you, can't, you can't substitute a one-on-one conversation. Getting FaceTime with, with the, the parents on your team is vital. And whether it's um, after practice, after a game, um, for a cup of coffee or whatever, it's important. And it doesn't necessarily always have to be when there's a problem. You know, it can be something simple like, hey, I noticed that Charlie was, uh, has been really working on receiving on his back foot or, hey, I really like the way Tyler is communicating or, or whatever, something to, to keep them interested, to keep them uh, vested, to keep it um, cohesive. And I think those are some of the big lessons that I've learned, and something that I've had to really try to improve upon is is having that direct one on one conversation with the parents. Something that isn't comfortable, isn't natural for me, but is uh, is vital.
0: That reminds me of an experience that I just had, and I think it's you can kind of use these like analogies to to help paint paint the picture a different way. But the other day, I had a flight from san francisco back home Mm -hmm. and our plane was just on the runway for 30 minutes and we weren't moving and so finally after 30 minutes of not saying a word the the pilot jumps on the on the intercom and and lets us know like hey you know just just so you guys are aware like this plane that's ahead of us is has a problem on the runway we're about Mm -hmm. four people behind it so or we're about four planes behind it so it's gonna be a little bit and just that little bit of, of yeah. insight you know yep. put put everybody on the plane at ease and so, totally. if you, so if you, if, yeah and so if you relate that to coaching and, and the interactions with parents well you know if the parents you know are in the dark about everything, and there's no communication about you know how practice went or what you know what their child is doing right or wrong or, or things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Then then they're that they're in that same situation where you know they're just waiting on the runway like no idea what's happening and they're confused and nervous yeah, and, and exactly. anxious and and all those types of things. And, so sure. and like you said, just like even even letting them know like hey like you know Charlie, it, you know he he's working on this and it's getting better. Mm-hmm. Just that little bit like puts puts them at ease and I, I feel like. Yeah as coaches, we need to, to be aware of how important the relationship is with the parent and, yeah. and, and you don't want to create, you know, a, a, an environment where the parents have too much power or say, or, or feel right. like they're more important than they yeah. are, but yeah. you, you don't want to put them on the sideline and not say a word to them either. So it's finding yeah, that balance sure. and it's another part of the art of coaching, I guess.
1: Yeah, I feel like Sky Eddie Bruce is listening to this just nodding <laughs> along with us. You know, No, but what I was going to say too, man, is, is something I realize is I, I'm sitting here typing an email to the team. And it's the most important email that I'm going to send all day. But I have to recognize that it might not necessarily be the most important email these parents receive in a day. They might receive 50 emails and, and this one gets lost in the shuffle. So there's really no substitute for that face-to-face. You know there That's really true. isn't, and um, while well, you're right, we don't want to empower them too much into you know especially into the decision making process um, with regards to the team. It, it is important to to make them feel like they're part of the team because they really are.
0: All right, I wanna I, I don't want to take up all your day, but I I, I want to ask you the question I've been asking a lot of people lately, like the last fifteen or twenty episodes. Um, what do you feel like people need to know right now? And you can take that and and, and run with it. However you want, whatever perspective you want to share, whether you put on your pro player hat or your coach hat or your dad hat or your fire captain hat.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What do people need to know? Yeah. They need to know that, um, we're on the right track. We're on the right track. We are, um, making progress. And I'm talking in terms of, uh, youth development in the soccer world. We're making progress, but it's hard to turn a big ship. And, um, you know, we're the, we're the ground troops in the grassroots area and we got a long, long way to go to get to where we want to be. And, um, I would, I would hope that everybody has the fortitude, the courage and, um, strength to, to go forward and to keep pursuing these things. Um, I, I think that if we, can, if we can get another generation of kids playing the game the right way, and like Tom Byer always says, it starts at home, right? If we can get another generation of these kids bringing their kids up in the game, then there's a chance. There is a chance that I will see our national team win a world cup before my time's up and, and you know, when I'm sitting at the pub down here, Shakespeare's pub with my kids in a packed house, watching the Croatia England game, <laughs> uh, I'm sitting there thinking about what that must feel like for you. Or if I'm where we're watching the final and watching Croatia go to the brink and, and watching them take it to France for the first 20 minutes knowing what that must feel like for you. Um, I'm desperate for that. And and I have been for as long as I can remember. And I I get choked up thinking about it. I get the chills thinking about it. Um, it's what, what drives me. And I hope that, that, uh, enough people feel the same way that we can, um, we can make progress and we can make change. It's
0: an awesome way to put it. Uh, Real quick, actually, I want I want you to tell people where you're off to because you're you're gonna be getting on a plane here yourself here pretty quick.
1: Yeah, so tomorrow we are headed over to London and Manchester. My daughter's playing against Man City and Arsenal, um, and so we're, we're we're doing that for her for the experience. Uh, it's going to be incredible. Um, but I also, like I said, just got promoted and I'm turning forty, so it's uh, it kind of all these things wrapped <laughs> into one. So. Uh, Yeah. We're really looking forward to it. We're, we're a a soccer crazy family as I'm sure you can probably tell. Um, and we've got my wife fully indoctrinated and a hundred percent on board. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so we're all good, man. (laughs) That's super cool. Uh,
0: well here, I have an idea for you. Um, when you get back from, from this trip, let's, uh, let's do a recap and, and we can kind of, we we can kind of talk about what you experienced and, and maybe the differences that you noticed and, in the in the teams that your daughter plays versus versus her team is it marquez's team that's going
1: it's not it's like a hybrid team okay got um it. so it's a bunch of bunch of girls from uh, from the area
0: got it got it um yeah. yeah i think i think that'd be kind of a fun experience to to, to kind of go through and dissect that
1: yeah yeah i would like that
0: all right cool man well uh, best of luck i hope that the pilot Thanks, keeps bro. you informed on everything go- that's going on
1: i th- i would like that too <laughs> hey last thing man i uh i switched my twitter angle handle um, i'm I'm sure you're not aware but it, it it was a convenience thing um just to kind of separate my like I said this little dual life I got going on um so it's uh coach Kyle 15 for all soccer related stuff coach
0: coach Kyle 15 yeah got it coach k
1: coach k oh yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: man I wish I had that guy's paycheck
1: yeah no kidding right? <laughs> all we, right, we man. wouldn't yeah <laughs> Maybe right, I, mean, I will uh,
0: no i know right i had a chance to go actually tour the duke campus uh,
1: when you're in north carolina
0: yeah it was an amazing oh. experience that guy has like every building named after him already he's it's still crazy there. huh
1: yeah we we actually played duke uh in the ncaas and you're just blown away by uh how amazing that campus is huh yep yep
0: yeah. I took a picture experiment. on the field wearing no wearing no shoes and that grass was amazing.
1: Uh, you know, I saw that. I saw it. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice.
0: All right, Kyle. Uh, best of luck, dude, And I, I really appreciate nice. you just taking us on on a moment's notice. So yeah, for sure. Thanks, man.
1: For sure. Keep up uh, keep up the strong work, man. I'll be um, watching from afar.
0: I will. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. All right, later. See you. Alright, thank you for listening to another episode of the 343 Podcast. I really, really, really appreciate Kyle Smith coming on the show and for sharing a little bit of his story. Towards the end there, you heard me ask Kyle if he would come back on the show. And I really hope that you tune in when we do that one. It'll be a very fun and deeper dive into how kinda, how Kyle sees the game and how he viewed that trip over to Europe that he is about to embark on as I record this outro. Uh, if you would like to find more information, more episodes of this podcast and the coaching program that Kyle is actually a member of, you can find all of that at 343coaching.com. That's the numbers 343coaching, all spelled out, dot com. And here is a little clip from Tom Beyer about his experience with one of our online courses.
1: And I can tell you after someone who's done a lot of coaches' education, both as a student and as an instructor, that you will learn more by watching one or two of their videos that you might learn on any full-time course. Because the, the one thing that I like about what they're presenting is, again, it's simplicity, man. It's very simple. It's not a lot of, you know, complicated words. It makes sense. And it goes right directly to the heart of, 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 of the game on, on, on how, to, how to develop. Um, not just, you know, individual players, but develop teams as well.
0: Once again, to learn more about the... 343 coaching education program you can visit 343coaching.com that's the numbers three four and three coaching all spelled out dot com all right thank you for listening and we will catch you guys next time here on the 343 podcast